You have found the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike podcast, looking at mental health through a pop culture lens. All right. It's another one. We're doing a podcast. I'm the Redhead Family Therapy Guy. And a Mike. And uh, we're talking about a classic that's not an ultra classic, but a classic for it us. It is. Yeah. Was it 90s? It was 85 or 86. Oh, 85. Wow. Yeah. Silverado. Silverado. <laughs> and as a kid, <clears throat> I didn't, of course, like Westerns. I think they were probably slow for my generation, but I loved this movie. And the crazy thing, too, was like I put this movie on and my wife was like, holy moly. She's like, that's uh, uh, yeah, a lot Bloom. of people. And she's like, it's got John Cleese. She's like, it's got Kevin Costner. It's, yeah. got, like, it's got all of it. It's got, it's got, um, oh, dang, what's the other guy? And I'm forgetting. Um, that the Danny African Glover, American, yeah, Danny Glover. It's got like just you know, all of these. It's kind of that Kevin time Klein. period, right? Like eighties, nineties, where we had a lot of these westerns were just filled with with people. Like Tombstone was that way. White, and but that's then, more nineties. Even right? Young Guns and nineties. <clears throat> yeah, eighties and nineties. I feel like, and maybe yeah. that's westerns in general. I feel like it was that time period where you had these like loaded casts of western movies. I really enjoyed Silverado. Um, as a kid, I remember watching it, but I watched Young Guns the most. <laughs> As yeah. a kid, I don't know for whatever reason. I don't remember why, but I just loved it. Was it was Guns. a little and bit? I think more, it's rated R. I don't. <laughs> is it, I don't know if it is. It's a little bit more flashy. Young, young Guns is. is more flashy. It's yeah. got you know uh, Emilio Estevez and uh, I loved Mighty Ducks too, and so I think Sheen. You know, that, but that's not well, Sheen. It's it uh, what's Ducks, what's uh, what's Sheen's brother's name? He has a different actor name though. Charlie Sheen. Is it Charlie Sheen or who? Who is Emilio Estevez's brother? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I, yeah. Is it Emilio Estevez and Sh- and, and, and Charlie Sheen? Sheen. Are, yeah. Our brothers. That one of them has the their stage name and one has their actual name, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And then it had Lou Diamond Phillips, and it yeah. just yeah, it was a really exciting which for whatever movie. reason I always thought Lou Diamond Phillips was really cool, and he's in uh, he was in a bunch cool. of kind of different movies back then. Yeah, you La know? Bamba. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, what else? There was something else. There he was, was something some, like, that I movies. loved him in. Yeah, that I can't like some remember. Cop movies, some cop movies, I think. So I I have to throw this out there, and I'm curious about your thoughts. Um, this is this is a uh, my personal opinion, maybe not popular opinion, but uh, uh, my personal opinion is uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, really doesn't belong in westerns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious yeah, about he... your thoughts. I mean, he did fine, but it was especially the very intro scene with him coming in. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that's he, definitely Joel, Jeff Goldblum. That's not a Western Jeff Goldblum. That's just Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, it was just Jeff Goldblum, and he was just kind of thrown in there. But he's really interesting, right? Well, and, he's just a he, great. I love Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, he's a brilliant actor and such an interesting actor. I think it just gives the movie flavor, right? Like he's it's this guy. different because I – Yeah. I'm sorry. You share your opinion. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, that he's I'm like good. this high-stakes roller, and he just mm-hmm. wants to gamble and like – have the brothel scene and he just wants to make money. Like it's just, uh, so I think he just, he carries that persona versus them trying to like have a Western persona. That's that. So to speak. which was interesting because Silverado in general um, was kind of this, you know, it was, I feel like more of a, a classic Western, which I feel like typically you wouldn't have a lot of 
um, it's more serious, right? Not not so much funny. Not that Jeff Goldblum was funny in it. He, you know, no, it wasn't. He, at all. he was just Jeff Goldblum. But then when he came in, it just I don't know, that's just so different. So I yeah, I thought it, it was fun he was in it because I like Jeff Goldblum a lot, but I was like, yeah. I don't know if that's probably why he's not in a ton of westerns. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if well, he's in any other westerns. <laughs> yeah, and the thing too is this the Silverado was so good because I think it was like again, I'm not a Western movie person, like I don't know lots of westerns or whatever, but the thing this movie did have is like all the classic things of yeah. a western like it had multiple jailbreaks mm-hmm. it had a duel at the end it had um all kinds of crazy like horse stunts you know it had incredible big vistas you know what i mean it had uh saloons it had the gambling scenes like it, and it had, had it had like the gritty life right like yeah you, know, you just do what you got to do to survive but yeah. then it also had that that western theme of the hero yes like, even though i've done what i need to do to survive if it comes down to it i'll do what needs to be done because it's right, right. and that's kind of that 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 part of the Western movie that I remember as a kid, I, uh-huh. my dad loved watching Bonanza. I don't know if you ever watched Bonanza. I didn't. TV show. I, didn't. I mean, I know of it, but I haven't now. And so I, I loved watching Bonanza. I loved watching different Westerns with my dad. And I feel like that's kind of what I remember is, yeah, there's a grittiness, but then there's always in a Western, the people or the person that will do what's right just because it needs to be done. And it's the right thing to do. And that's what yeah. I think this movie does well is it has a good combination of all those things. It absolutely does. I think I think this movie, too, was the first movie as a kid that got me thinking about the fragility of social order, right? Sure. Because these Western towns, there's not like a big brother, right? That's it's just the, It's just the power structures and order that is put in place by the powers of be locally. And then those of course are very abusable. Let's, let's say like in Silverado yep. versus the town where they start in where John Cleese is the, the, um, yeah, I can't remember the, the, ma- not the mayor, but the, uh, the, what do you, the, 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 what is that? Policeman. What are they? Whatever that, the, he's like, uh, the, I'm sheriff. the sheriff. Is that what you're sorry, talking about? Yeah, sheriff. sheriff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most basic word. So yeah, like John Gleese <laughs> is the sheriff. And uh, that whole scene, like the, all of that intro um, was just so cool and so classic. One of the things that's really interesting about this movie too is like the pacing of the movie, right? Like the they take a lot of time introducing like the four or five main heroes before they actually come together. And yeah. the, the the complexity of the storylines was pretty significant. I don't know. Did you catch what? So, so Kevin Klein ran around with the ultimate bad guys in Silverado. Yeah. But then there was also this thing around um, Emmett and where Emmett and Jay Kevin Costner's character, like the town that they were from, and some kind of beef or something too. And I didn't ever quite so figure it out. Like Emmett, there was some Emmett killed who was the the main bad guy that was really in control of the sheriff. Was that McClintock uh, Brad, or something? Brad Williams, like Brad or um the guy with the beard who Kevin Costner yeah. faces off at the end. What was the character name? The family name. Oh, the one with like the the two diamond, the two yeah, diamonds. yeah. It was like McClintock or McDermott yeah, or something, or something. Yeah, the so, yeah the so yeah, the, his the, the Claytons, dad, the McClaytons or something. McClaytons, yeah. His something dad like was gonna kill 
Kevin Costner. And so Emmett shot his dad. And that's what I think has caused the big deal between the McClintocks or whatever oh. and and Emmett and, and, and Jake and Kevin Costner. But yeah, I Emmett also got I also got the idea that there was some other underplot to the story of where Emmett and Jake were from. But that's that's it. I just missed it. That it was. I'm pretty sure dad. that was it. But be, please correct <clears throat> okay. us if we're wrong. I'm, I'm sure there's Western buffs out there that would that are like no you were way. missing yes. the subtext. You're of missing the... the whole purpose of the movie, now, which and, is probably true. <laughs> and and I'll tell you too, man. Kevin Costner is so good in this movie. And as a kid, he was the character that I identified with. And this is like. The he's great in westerns. I, I really just love him in all. Oh westerns. yeah, he's, he's good he in uh, really. Was any. he in Wyatt Earp too, or the other? Yeah, one? he's or in Wyatt Earp, and I think. Oh shoot, is he in Tombstone? Oh, yeah, he's man. in one of those. That's he's in. Right. Well, he is Wyatt Earp. I I, I remember that because I I love Wyatt Earp. Was was Tombstone the other movie? And then about Dances Wyatt with well. Wolves. I would feel like yeah. you could consider a a a, 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 a westernish movie. movie. Yeah. Um. Let me see. Tombstone was, I think, uh, I don't think he was in, was he in Tombstone? He was so in Wyatt Earp. Earp. Yeah, so he was For sure, Earp, yeah. yeah. So I oh, love Kurt him. Russell. Kurt Russell was Tombstone. Oh, Tombstone. Well, yeah, he's Val so Kilmer, too. Bill Pax. I mean, there's tons of people. In Val there. Kilmer, that role as Doc Holliday. As yeah. Doc Holliday is. He did great. Dude, he's so good. By far, by far, my favorite. Uh, well, I think movie. is Sam Elliott even in? Let me see. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Sam Elliott, which is classic. Yeah, when I they, think they of did, Western, they did, Sam they did, they absolutely did star stud them up. So it's oh, interesting. Yeah. Like it's it's clear that actors wanted to be in westerns, but westerns didn't weren't making a lot of money. They like one of the things I read was that Silverado just didn't make a lot of money. Yeah, but it might have just that. been. It might have just been that it just was released in a time that people weren't feeling westerns. But I mean, it's great. But they're so it good. Oh, it's so like, good. I love like Tunes I loved him too. Wyatt Earp. I, I mean, loved them all great too. Movies and I did too. And there's others too. Um, but that time period, I, I just was looking. Tombstones '93. Yeah, I was gonna so say they were far in the 90s. off. It's like a ten year period. I feel like yeah. Where yeah. there was a bunch. I mean, there's a lot of old westerns. You know, I, I've seen a ton. Again, of... I I haven't watched those. I haven't ever gotten into the old westerns. I I, well, I feel know. like I feel like they're good. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I I the old westerns. I I mean, there's all types. I mean, you have yeah. Kevin Costner, and then you have John Wayne, and or not Kevin Costner. Um, oh, my brain's not. Who is the uh, um. Oh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Thank you. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I was like I'm like them. that. I'm like, <laughs> like there's the I'm only other them, major I, my brain cowboy guy of all time. <laughs> so, yeah. So this movie was really interesting to me because it got me thinking about like the fragility of social order in frontier towns and then just gets you thinking about, well, what is social order based on? Like, why are we all walking in the lines for the most part, you know, and how fragile it is? And these power struggles, and of course they flavor in good and evil, which is really kind of black and white, let's say, on the on the frontier. Like you could tell that like one of the real lines in the sand was they took the boy. And it's like, I was yeah. like oh, they crossed the line. Like, you know, it's yeah. one thing. It's one thing to have warring clans, but you don't hurt women and children, you know, and the woman was like beat. The one female character was beat. I'm forgetting her name. And uh, and the boy was taken and it was like, oh, they crossed the line. So they're really bad. Um, but it's interesting that those bad folks 
are the law in Silverado, right? Which is just really an interesting. Well, I thought it, yeah, dynamic. that poked out to me too. I was just thinking, man, I don't really know. Um, I'm sure I learned it in my undergrad, the history, just because I did an undergraduate degree in history. But, and I, I remember watching or doing a lot of of uh, U.S. history classes. But I don't, I don't really think I remember or know the social structure. So. I don't know if it, if that's true, but if that is true to history that you just kind of have these Western towns, I mean, living out West would be crazy. Like well, what's, you well, just what's, have, what's Washington DC going to do about Silverado? You yeah. Know I mean? Like they'd have it, to send federal marshals out. They'd have to send, well, you know, with think a, about that, a, like a militia or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, who you put as sheriff, like, can do whatever pretty much yep. i mean at least at least in silverado yeah you know and there's like a court system and like the court systems there but it's it's interesting because obviously that time in history in american history was kind of like the culmination of social order but of course that the abuse of that social order for sure is still happening in well and i wonder towns. if they had mm-hmm. jurisdictional thing like i realized this town but then was there someone like not just washington but maybe someone like a local county to the state or the, or the state. county there was yeah there was and how was, was that interaction like i was thinking about all those things is how was that set up and established and and you know you know, like a state or a county are huge, right? And so, especially back then. So then it's like the sheriff probably could get away with a lot because how often would someone actually come and do come something from the state, right? And how hard is it to eliminated. complain, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like if or you make... wanted to complain to as a citizen to a higher up, you'd have to find a way to get mail there or travel there. Like it's yeah, to crazy make a case to and to get representation and all of that. Yeah, it's hard. And well, so and that's have... just a, a bureaucratic process in general, even nowadays, right? Like if you want to appeal to a higher authority, right? It just takes yeah. like, a long time. Well, it's interesting that you have this town and the movie portrays that they just kind of succumb to it is what it is or we just have to leave. And I would have to think that the the people that are causing the trouble, like the sheriff and his team are the minority, especially back then. I would think people could carry weapons. It seemed like people were carrying weapons, but it seemed like everyone felt helpless. I guess you don't just have the sheriff and his men. Cause you also have the McClintock family, which I think are whatever their name is. Yeah. Whatever they were. The, I think they're really the issue, right? Cause they're controlling the sheriff. Right. And so you have this family in power that's just usurping everything. And if they don't get what they want, they just kill you. So I guess that yeah. can definitely set in a huge amount of fear. Absolutely. And once fear takes over, I mean, right, logical decision-making, rational decision Yeah, especially when it comes to goods and services getting in and out of town or money getting mm-hmm. in and out of town and, and the, the structures that uphold that, you know, commerce and food, which was one of the things that happened. You know, it, Danny Glover's character... Uh, his dad was run off because they were yeah. they didn't want a black man owning land and so they ran off his um his uh livestock well and, i think it was a combination between that and they just wanted his land yes and his livestock right and right and i think you know ultimately it came down to power because it seems like that's what that family was trying to do is just usurp everything or bring it under their control yes yeah the tyrannical forces you know that they could just kind of do whatever and uh and 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 they had they had total power which is why you know um 
Brad Williams or the guy that um, paid in Kevin Klein would run around with. They're like, oh, yeah, we've got a good gig here, you know? Yeah. But like it was interesting that that there was a part of Hayden that had a moral compass, right? Like he, it was like he was on this crew, but he, he left this crew. It was that whole story of the dog, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and that there was a part of him. Cause I was wondering like, who did the dog represent? You know, it was like, who was the stray? And it was interesting that, that Kevin Klein's character, Payton, you know, was attracted to that idea. I mean, he loved saloons and he loved gambling and he wanted to be a part of that and he and he loved luck right he had this whole thing about luck and well, uh I, oh sorry i think i think with him he had a sense for um you know for for helping the helpless right like you think about a dog yeah and in most situations a dog is pretty helpless right especially against someone who's armed What's mm -hmm. a dog gonna do? Mm -hmm. And uh, and also a dog, uh, you know, I think cognitively, right, doesn't function. So their accountability or understanding is limited mm -hmm. compared to maybe us as humans, right? Or or definitely right. us as humans. So I think that you know, and so I think that's why the kid was such a big pull for him to mm -hmm. risk again because Getting it's like tied, well, tied up in the yeah. Whole this this is sides. another person who is um you know really vulnerable right how how are mm -hmm. they to to protect and it's an interesting thing like you said that we have you have kind of like this blur of what's okay what's not okay right or wrong and then where you have the some very lie? defining lines where mm -hmm. it's like well wait that's not okay like with with Kevin Klein's character it's like he's with this group that's obviously doing things that yeah, I Robin, would think are not Robin good, Banks, right? Yeah, Robin Banks and all <laughs> but that. But then there is a but line like a luck, for him. Yeah, like, but it's like all the luck of the draw, right? It's like yeah. even the fact that his life got spared, you know, uh, out in the desert or whatever was kind of like a luck of the draw. But then um, Emmett showed up and nurses him back to life and brings him into town. But then he gets like that. <laughs> I love that scene where he gets like that that gun that's like falling apart and yeah the crappy one he's like i'll take this one he's like that's a dollar <laughs> or whatever he said he's like 20 dollars like, or something 20 dollars he's like yeah. what can i get for that and he's like and he like hands him the gun that's it, yeah he hands him he hands him like a buck or something right i don't know yeah. it was it was not a lot of money yeah it was like a coin it was like one coin yeah a coin. yeah, yeah. And the shop owner's like <laughs> what can i get for that he's like literally he falling like, apart yeah. but then he runs out there and like puts it in there and he like is able to shoot the guys the guys charging him or whatever it's such a cool scene um, but yeah, and Kevin Klein is a really interesting, or Emmett's a, or sorry, Payton's a really interesting character in the movie, because too, then, you know, the other thing that his old uh, posse boss uses against him is Stella, and Stella's a really, I think, one of the most interesting characters in the movie, you know what I mean, where where he's not getting involved, and Stella's like, this is morally defunct, why aren't you getting involved and then Stella's like, "Oh, he's you. He's manipulating you by threatening me." Yeah, you know, and and she's is, strong, and she's like, "No, you don't let. I'm not going to stand here," which is fantastic, right? Because she's like, "I'm not going to stand here and stand in the way of what's right and wrong." But here she is, a saloon owner. <laughs> I know it's a real interesting and, and juxtaposition, right? right? Yeah, yeah right. She's yeah. yeah, she's running this bar brothel. and yeah, yeah brothel. <laughs> 
And yet she's still, and it kind of just shows, um, you know, when it comes to maybe survival, right. How, how, you know, we kind of hone in on, on maybe more mind or more, uh, 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 like smaller areas, right? We're not really concerned about as much, uh, or all the other things in life, and 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 we kind of we hone in on this is what needs to happen to move forward. And I think that she's a good example of that. Where obviously, um, you know, having women, you know, being in charge of women who are, uh, you know, in a brothel. Uh, I mean, I. I really, it's hard for me to believe that anyone would want that. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in, in Westerns, they always try to make it like happy, Fun. you know, hunky dory, yeah. but no, Having a good time. I mean, these are women breaking are away from the used. social structure. Yeah. And the... It's complete, you know, there, there's it's desperation. It's complete, yeah. Objectification being used there, you know, but yeah. in, and I think she's a great example because she's, do she's running an operation that really um is morally questionable yeah but then but then in a time of of stress right in a time of of trauma her her focus comes in and and i think oftentimes our focus comes into things that don't matter but for her it came into a point that mattered of hey mm-hmm. this is right this is wrong we need to do something Step up here and do the right thing in this but situation kind of you know it's like a sociology more of a, a sociology perspective right uh when we look at this movie and it's interesting because it makes you think in uh like the wild west or if you think of like a post-apocalyptic setting or something you know what would be right or wrong what right. would be well what would be the governor versus yeah what would the governing law. authority be yeah and, it, and that's what was really i think interesting as a kid, because then that got me asking, like, well, what is the governing authority? You know, we think of it like as the law, but it's like yeah. but somebody has to uphold the law. Somebody has to manage the social structure and the rules and exercise justice, but then also exercise mercy. And it it's very convoluted, right? Because it becomes personal in who you want to give mercy to and who you want, who you see as bad and that there can be no mercy for because, you well, know, it begs be the like question, a, should one person have that, that decision power or should it be a group of people, right? Yeah. And, ideally and, it should not be right. Cause that's all the yeah. tyrannical, that's what history, all of the historical communities that were tyrannical were governed by one person. And one of the things goodish about America is that we have this divided system where power allegedly lies in different structures, though, you know, the executive branches is, is becoming a little bit too empowered. In well, our, I think that's society. what makes Westerns really interesting, because I feel like there's usually more than one hero in a Western. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. there's one major hero and then there's kind of some well, sidekicks or whatever. Well, it's interesting, too, because it begins with Emmett. But then the showdown, which I didn't, you know, which really stood out to me that Emmett was the character that the movie opens up with. Yeah. And that whole really cool scene about how these guys are trying to come to get him. So which so guys are trying to come to get Emmett because Kevin Costner killed that guy's dad. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, like I understood the, that was Kevin the thing Cost- I was trying to understand. Like, no, 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 no. no. Kevin subplot? Costner didn't kill the dad. 
Kevin Costner did something and the dad was going to shoot Kevin Costner, I think in the back or something. Oh, like Kevin Emmett, Costner didn't know. And, and Emmett, Emmett killed Emmett the dude. shot the dad oh, to save okay, his brother. Okay. And so the minions that are in the opening scene are those that are trying From to. From like the McClintock family or whatever. Or whatever, yeah. Are That's, trying I think, to, if I remember right. Are trying to justify the loss of the of the dad. Yeah, they're seeking retribution. Right. Because they right. felt like that was unfair. And that's what Emmett keeps saying throughout the movie is, um, I had no choice. Right. Yeah. And so I, I'm guessing maybe Emmett was like, don't do it. And mm-hmm. you know, there was no choice. And that's kind of what the sheriff plays off of when he kills the 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 saloon manager, right? He's like, oh, well, the saloon manager is going to shoot me. I have no choice. He's poking fun right. at him saying i had no choice just like you had no choice so he's trying to say emmett justify what you did and you had a choice and i did what i did because i had a choice and i you know i forced this to happen like right because he threw at him because well because he he put the he put the the store owner that he was throwing out that he replaces with kevin costner like in this impossible position right like Kevin Klein. Yeah, he he, he kind Klein, of sorry. forces the situation. Right. And then there would justified, be justified. Right. And then is justified in the And I think he's poking fun at at, at um uh Emmett. Emmett, thank you. He's poking yeah. fun at Emmett by saying, yeah. Hey, I had no choice. Kind yeah. of saying, Well, you kind of forced it also. Well, and one of the other lines that um that Payton says in there is there's a difference between a man doing something because his hands forced and a man that enjoys the killing. Yeah. He kind of, Mm -hmm. he kind of implies that his former band that he used to run around with enjoyed the killing or had no, had no value in life at all, which, or even the dog, right? Because that was the schism in the, in the original posse was that, you know, um, Payton had become attached to the dog and yeah. the other minion, which I thought was interesting. I, I was sad that the minion that killed the dog had such a uh, an easy death. I mean, because it was actually Kevin Costner's character. Just shot that, him in the back. Or yeah, when well, he was no, spinning yeah, around, he shot him no, in the chest. Dude. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome, dude. I love that part. That was like, as a kid, that was my favorite part. And I totally was enthralled. I totally got a cap gun, like a metal cap gun <laughs> in in that. I don't know how old I've been, like maybe like we nine all or something. Yeah, and my dad, well, you know, my dad has crazy skills. So my dad actually made me a legit leather holster for the gun that I tied around my legs. So I'd have a belt and I had it around my leg and I totally got That's good at spinning, awesome. spinning that thing around and working it a little bit. And I totally had worked the holster and I'd watch, I watched Silverado a ton. I'd like watch it sit there with my holster and, so that part where Kevin Costner comes out and he's got his the two you know the double gun setup and he whistles or whatever and they both spin around and he shoots them both you know he like draws and shoots them both. Well, I love that. That was such a cool scene. <clears throat> I think this is a really interesting thing that he poses. Is you know there's a difference between uh, what did he say you, like being like killing because you you have to or because essentially it's right versus taking joy and just ending life right which is really so how they portray difference the... but let me ask this yeah when you take a life even if it's like you know i had to do it justified yeah could like i, I just wonder what does that do to the person and does that lead to hard, oftentimes like hard... to people killing just to More. kill kind of yeah. right it's really interesting 
thing to pose because it, it's well, especially to you know, sometimes it's justified, and then sometimes there's people that just like to do it. But how did the people that just like to do it get there? Yeah, there had to be a time where they they either went for it and then there was no retribution, or they felt inclined because I don't need to be subjected to social order. Or they did it to protect themselves. And the fact that they took a life was so traumatizing to them that they hardened themselves to that behavior. And eventually it became that, you know, so it's a really interesting thing because it's hard to judge, right? Like it's saying, well, there's people that do it to defend themselves and there's people that do it. You know, there's a difference, but I'm like, how big is the difference though? Well, and I think... I don't think you can kill somebody, and if you have them, if you are not a sociopath, that it can't trouble you, right? It's like one of those things that you have to. If I think I, I, I don't know. Obviously, I've never killed anybody. Well, I mean, if you have antisocial personality disorder, then yes. yeah, that's, but so the, that's like the, we'll throw the those out. Population right? of that in this super in this small. world is so small. It's super small. That what about like and 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 you know you think about the Wild West. I mean, they're trying to survive right yeah. it's constantly trauma right yeah it's constant trauma it's survival mode trauma and survival and so it's yeah. really interesting so, to pose this question based in, in a, a western movie but they're not posing it for 200 years ago they're posing it for people now, in the 1980s yeah. right? right so what are they saying right and what is it that they're trying to get us in nowadays to think which is kind of a really interesting thing and my thought yeah. is and you know in, in all the work we've done it's <clears throat> it's hard for me just to think you know, okay, yeah, there's people that enjoy doing things to hurt people. And there's people that hurt people just not, you know, just because they're trying to, you know, survive, they're not intentionally doing it. And I just think, well, those people that hurt people, are they really trying to hurt people? Or is that their way of coping with the pain they're in, and they don't know how to cope any other way? Is that well, just so them reaching out and saying, I need help? Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. Well, I think they definitely have to harden up because what I imagine is, uh, what I imagine is, is if you take someone's life, that there's no way that you can't contemplate was that right or not, right? Well, because but what if is you he take some for our day, like for the nineteen? Because yeah. I don't think in that movie they're they're really saying, hey, if you take someone's life or if you, you know, or you don't. No, I'm I just talking about the, to us. And I wonder sure. what are they trying to say? Like, yeah, what is the question. dilemma they're saying to people in our age, like in the 1980s or, or after? Because, right, because after, you know, we still watch it now today. What is it that they're trying to say there is that there's justification sometimes to do something wrong? But then there's people who just want to do wrong. Is that what they're saying? And what does that actually mean? That's kind of where my mind went is mm-hmm. I get this is set in a Western time and there's intentions, but what are they saying to us? Well, that's, I mean, all the movies, all the cop movies, all the, you know, all the, you know, all the, any kind of cops and robber. It is right. It's the, interesting. The, there's a moral dialogue of this idea of what's justifiable and what's not justifiable, and and I think Hollywood's constantly playing with that, you know. And it's when well, it goes that, like, to that's bad or wrong versus right. that's okay, right. and I just question bad or wrong. I'm not trying to say we should have our more we shouldn't have morals. Sure. But what I'm saying is. Is it as simple as black and white, right no, or wrong? No, I don't think it is. And no, that's I don't the think question that I think is interesting to think about and to pose. And I talk a lot about clients. It's like, oh man, sometimes we get so stuck in this black or white thinking, good or bad, right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And what if it's not so much that, 
but an opportunity to learn or to maybe not learn. Right. You know, not that it's right or wrong, good or bad, but what are we doing? We default to that a lot, though. We We do, don't we? We default to that. Shadows it so. I mean, well, I think I think I think it does because of the moral complexity of contemplating dealing with doing a horrendous act, right? Because if you do a horrendous act that's wrong, well, here's the thing: you either have to take responsibility for the horrendous act. What is a horrendous act? Some of my well, I would say murder. Them would not say murder. smiling at someone when they were smiled at is a horrendous act. Yeah. Some of my clients, them getting frustrated with their spouse when they're trying to be a good spouse, like they're trying to be a good husband or a good wife, and then they get irritated. That's a horrendous act. Like that's mm-hmm. equal to them mm-hmm. as going out and shooting someone. And I just wonder, hey, is there more to it than I'm good or bad? I'm mm-hmm. right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Is there more to it? You know, I didn't smile back when that person smiled at me. Well, is there more to it than that? Does that mean mm-hmm. I'm not a good person? Does that mean I committed a horrendous act? And that's, well, that's the shame, really right? interesting to now and to our our kind of life now, because most of us aren't going out and having to shoot people to survive, right? Yeah, it's not <laughs> Literally shoot people. But we are shooting constantly, metaphorically, right? In the way that we process through and deal with difficult situations, at least what appears to be difficult from our perspective. And I think that's a really interesting thing that seems to be portrayed in media and in movies as this oversimplification of, hey, it's right or it's wrong, or it's justified in this case and not justified in this case. And I just think, how helpful is that to us as humans when I don't know, there's very, there's little things in life that are very black and white like that. There are things that are black and white, but I think there are less things that are black and white than maybe what we give credence. Well, to. and I think for sure, like Hollywood wants to, sure. or it feels like Hollywood wants to create a lot of permissiveness sure. around things that aren't okay. Or as I would, I would see is not okay. Not in an overly simplified black and white way, but they, they, they want to push the boundaries, which, you know, is a part of creative, endeavors. Well, it's appealing, I think, right? Because we all have our black or whiteness. We all have our right or wrong. And so to be pulled into something that Hollywood can create that shows what we may perceive as these extremes and be able to be involved in it in an emotional, visual, and maybe sometimes physical way without having to have the reprimand or the consequence of it because we're not actually doing it. Yeah, you I get think to creates a lot of money, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you get to participate in it. Well, I, I mean, that's what we all enjoy about movies and why movies mm-hmm. that have no real depth to them or Which nothing. Is a whole that doesn't, interesting thing. Yeah, too, like right? if it doesn't <laughs> resonate for you, if you don't care about the character, if you don't identify with the yeah. character then you don't care about the journey. And if they don't go on a journey, like we've talked about before, if they don't have an arc of cult of development, then, you know, then it's not interesting to us. It's shallow and hollow, you know, absolutely. It doesn't have anything, which is interesting to consider then like, what are the arcs of the story? Well, there's so many different characters that have so there are in this story, which I guess is, You know, one of the interesting, and I think at the time, you know, when I saw Silverado as a kid, I identified with Kevin Costner's 
character because he was really childlike. You know, he was he really is. He's like a kid, right? Adolescent, right? He's like really adolescent. <laughs> well, doesn't like, his like nephew say around. to him, like, who's the adult here when you yeah, say right. yeah, this he's, is for he's, <laughs> he's like in the jail, like when he first is all like, you know, there's going to be a hanging tomorrow and he finds out it's his brother. And he's like, what were you doing? And he's like all swinging around on the bars. And he's like, well, <laughs> he, I was just kissing this girl. Like, I was just kissing a girl. Like, why does that matter? You know, and he, he got all mad. And then, he, you know, he's going to shoot me in the back. And so I had to kill him. Well, you it know? makes and, you wonder, too. Like, Kevin Costner in this movie looks like he's in his 20s. He probably is in his 20s, I'm guessing, mid-20s yeah, or something. Yeah. But I wonder if he's portraying a young man like he might only be 16 be like 16 yeah that's a great yeah. point that they got somebody that well, i wanted to say he's 30 but yeah but but he does he pulls off the portrayal of you yeah. know maybe he's more like a 17 year old yeah you know teenager I mean? mm -hmm. like a teenager and emmett's like the older brother or whatever but yeah i mean and and that's what's interesting about the character because he's he's fun he's unrestrained and I definitely, I think as a kid, I would have identified with those things. And I'm, I'm trying to think now, like, which of the characters did. I think I would have said I, I really identified with um, with Peyton, you know, because of his journey. And, you know, there's this part of him that, like, likes the saloon, likes to have fun. I feel like he has the biggest story arc, right? He does. Doesn't he right. have, like, well, the most he also, growth and change? And yeah, well, and he also essentially, like vindicates the dog yeah right like he yeah. vindicates the underdog like here are this tyrannical posse well, that has and, no honor and so he ultimately you know helps this other ragtag group of guys stand up to them well and we put start them all down the movie i mean in in really from a literal sense the beginning of the movie all he has is his underwear yeah that's it and at the end he has a town yeah. I mean, the it sheriff doesn't the sheriff. own the town, but he has yeah, but, a town, right? Yeah, he becomes like the, so I feel uh, the like arbiter of justice. It's like, yeah, it's not only like uh, uh, temp, like it's not only temporal, but also, uh, you know, his emotional, own, spiritual, yes, uh, growth yeah, yeah. Moral, has grown too. Or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. And so I feel like for him, they really show. I, I think Kevin Costner is an interesting character too. To where he really starts, uh, he kind of still ends, you know, as a kid, right? He seems like, I think as a young adult, I meant uh, adolescent, you know, an adolescent. Yeah. He he starts as as really immature. And I think he has some maturing, but but it's interesting in the beginning when he's in the jail cell, wasn't he in the jail cell because he killed someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He but shot, it's like, he shot I somebody. killed him because uh, I was trying to defend myself or something. Yes. All I did was yeah. kiss a girl or whatever. Yeah, well, I did and, was kiss a girl. She wanted to kiss me. <laughs> but then in the bar, you know, setting where he's making out with the blonde, or he makes out with the blonde girl and then the one bad guy, I can't remember his name. I think, is his name? I can't remember the actor's name, but it's the one that killed the the dog. Right? It is, yes, yeah. and he does a good job too of just kind of being this crazy. Uh, I just don't like, like him. Yeah, want to kill anything morals. at all costs. Yeah. Um, and and in the bar, you know, Kevin Costner walks away, so there's growth for him too. Right. To where in the Emmett, beginning of the movie, he would have like, walked away. He would have yeah. tried killing all. Yeah, that's three a great point. Yeah, people. Emmett like kind of is like, "Hey, this isn't a fight worth having, and not here or whatever." Yeah. So they they roll out. That's a great point. There's a little bit of maturity there. So and then he of course, has some growth. He's I don't there. Know. He's a hero too, right? He's a hero yeah. to his nephew. But it's interesting too, though that that um, Kevin Costner's character Jake and 
Emmett are the go off into the sunset, right? Like they don't put I down. Know, any I was like, roots. why don't they all stay? Like in their their sister. I think that's. Her I husband, think that's, Why didn't they stay? Like well, the, isn't that the, just plain, it's safe now, <laughs> right? But isn't that just playing into the Western theme of like there's somewhere yeah. else on the frontier to go to? Yeah, you know, there's like another. Well, and I think that Emmett's character, I don't think, really has growth. I think he's kind of the no, stable yeah. character, right? Yeah, he's he's the, the stable mainstay. brother that kind of tries. He's to like do the patriarch. He's kind of like right. the patriarch yeah. of the family. He and just then it fulfills makes that role that for for him for them to have some potential growth or arc in the movie, they continue on, right? Yeah, like because he he's kind of stagnant, but then at to. the end they continue on to a new adventure. So that's kind of like, oh, okay. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So he's going to continue in that way. Um, yeah, because he didn't settle down with the one blonde who's like, I've had lots of men want to love me. I <laughs> well, I think Emmett here. loved the pioneer lady, right? Well, yeah. Emmett and Evan and Peyton both had a little bit of and like, but like it didn't work out for Peyton. Like she was that's, that's right. not like because that's, that's part right. of that's part of like what Peyton isn't like Peyton isn't like the frontier guy. He's yeah. the saloon guy like she yep. wants a frontier guy. And Emmett doesn't don't they have some kind of dialogue where like either Peyton admits or Emmett like articulates like that's not the guy that you are you know? yeah I think like, you're I think not the settled even down says and, to Peyton maybe you'd make a great farmer and I think Peyton's like no like, or nah. something like that he's like that's not my gig it's not yeah. my jam he's like you know she's hot or attractive or I'm I, I there's a part of me is that's called to but it's like he's not going to be tamed yeah you know and that's interesting that he wouldn't be tamed so then he becomes the sheriff right like which that, is that's part... kind of the personality of the sheriff you got to have yeah. somebody that's a little well, that's uh, the personality of, of someone who will take the risk, right, to to uh, do what is right when it needs to be done, right? Mm -hmm. Which I think is what they're trying to personify with Peyton's character, Yeah, is that even though he does these sketchy things, when it comes down to it, he'll do what needs to be done because he, it's the right thing to do. And I think that some a character like that doesn't seem like a character that would sit down for a routine job. Now I'm not trying to say farming is routine or mundane, No, no. but it is very rigid. Like you need to, like you, you have to take care of the farm. If you don't yeah. take care of the farm where I think being a sheriff of town is so like, there's so many different things that are yeah. going on. It, it, well, it's, and it's interesting too, because Peyton really has the moral foundation, right? Like he takes, he, he develops attachment for, the wounded underdog right like that's what he loves he does like his loyalty wasn't is, to the posse the loyalty was to this dog that he well nursed that's along. the difference right between Peyton's character and kevin costner's character kevin costner just does it he doesn't even think twice mm. where Peyton has a dilemma right right where he's considering so even with saving the family when when the uh barkeeper lady is is potentially going to be hurt. It's like this dilemma where he doesn't yeah. just say, well, I'm just going to go do in. this. Well, he and he jumps in time to, well, and the interesting thing too, is Hayden consistently jumps in to all these different scenarios to help people. Right. He, he jumps sure. in to the, uh, to the, the, the cattle train or whatever, going from one city to the other to help out, to get their money back. He, he jumps in to help out, uh, get, Kevin Costner out of jail. He jumps in to defend the oh, family. Oh yeah, I forgot you know, he constantly that part. He constantly jumps in to provide support to those that are good, that are who, being 
who was that group that stole the money from that cattle train in the beginning? Was that just they had some random bad people, no, or was that they, the McClintock had, people again? Yeah, they had something to do with them, right? Because it's like they're because they they on knew, their land or whatever. Yeah, well, no, they well that was like because the two guys come in to they because when Emmett and Payton mm. come into the town, they're like, oh, are you guys the ones that we've hired to thing? And he's like, no, you got the wrong people. And then those two guys show up, but they had the marks on the horse. And they knew and so Emmett. They're, all... they're like, they knew Emmett from the town yeah, or something. Yeah, from the previous, so, yeah, exactly. So I wonder if they were somehow connected with that family, but didn't know, didn't know. They were just know. part of that underbelly of tyrannical nature. Like you have this this group of people coming and that's just like they're bad. They, don't, they just want the money and they don't care. Yeah. Like these people that are moving across the country and are. And that's really our first exposure to mm-hmm. kind of this bigger dialogue of, oh, this doesn't just involve Emmett and his brother. This and actually the family squabbles. anyone yeah. who's on the, you know, near or around their land. Right. There's gonna that they're going to be taken advantage unrighteous of. dominion. Yeah. Right. And abuse and abuse, a misuse of power for personal enrichment. Sense. You know what I mean? Versus a, fun, a frontier family that's just trying to find a place to make it in the world or whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's right. I remember that now. So, yeah, there's so many interesting storylines and characters, which and we haven't given a lot of uh, credence to um, Mal and Danny Glover's character and, you know, this idea that he he went off to the city but didn't find it. You know, he left his family and he's coming back, but it's too late, you know, and his sister has resentment. But then the loyalties, you know... She finds out, she asks Goldblum for help, and he actually betrays um, her brother, which then she kind of shows loyalty to family, even though she's offended by the fact that she left or whatever. Well, and it's interesting with uh, uh, Danny Glover's uh, character, I think they try to kind of try to at one point move towards it's like a revenge motivation, but his character really just helps those yeah. who are helpless right yeah, he, which i really helped, like his character yeah i mean he absolutely saved emmett's back right like, not I mean, only emmett yeah, was dead like yep, emmett was emmett, dead and and you know he wants to help his dad which is another uh-huh. character that's helpless he wants to help the family yeah who's yeah the family of people that get mm-hmm. you know overtaken by i really, yeah, he's a really liked a his character well. and i wish he would have been more in it i mean he's definitely in it and he's at the he's end you know character. he's one of the main four but I wish they would have done a little bit more with him because I really liked his character. Um, I just think he's a great actor. Like I love him, oh, especially that eighties, nineties. He did yeah, so Danny many Glover awesome was movies. like yeah, him and uh, him and what's his bucket from uh, Die Hard. Die... No, no, it's not. No, who? It's uh, what's his bucket from uh, The Passion of the Christ? Who is? Uh... Yeah, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Uh, Forty Eight Hours. Is that what it is? No, uh, Lethal Weapon. Oh, Lethal Weapon. Thank you. The Lethal, lethal Weapon, weapon. Yeah, movie is like five. Forty Eight Hours, I think, is uh, um, uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie and, Murphy. Thank you. Yeah, and somebody else or whatever. Yeah, Lethal Weapon. That's <laughs> lethal right. Weapon. He's so good in Lethal Weapon, and like you've got. We should do one of the, the Lethal Weapon movies. He's, I think I, he's good. As a, a kid, I loved the Lethal Weapon movies. As a kid, I well, I just loved I remember them. watching a lot of da- Danny Glover movies and just really liking him. But I really liked his in, character in this movie. He, he's I also loved... in the second uh, Predator movie, right? Yeah, I think. He kills or is the that Predator. is he yeah. in Second Predator? Or yeah, is he like that, kills him with uh, like the Rocky hand guy. No, no, it's no, no, no. It's it's Danny it's Glover. Glover. 
Yeah, I don't he remember totally, second like, predator. He uses I remember the, first the predator. alien's weapon to like rip his heart out or whatever it is. His, That's awesome. His green spludgy blood is like. Well, he's yeah. in. He's in some other. One. I'm trying. There's one at the top of my mind. I just can't think of that I loved as a Danny Glover kid or a teenager that I can't remember now. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, he's. I, I loved his character, and I wish there was a little well. bit more of him in it because I feel like he's. You know he's not he's not the main hero, right? So right. they really follow. But he's kind a of the very main important. Hero. He's a very he important is. hero because he helps. Well, sustain. he ends up being the savior multiple times. Yeah, right. Really like he he comes in and he saves Emmett um, from getting. Well, he well he's got much one of the best lines. He's got one of the best lines too. What's his line that he says? You don't want to be dead, and I don't want to be something, or I don't want to be something. Oh, I don't. You don't want to be dead. Yeah, so he's got like the best line in the whole movie. Well, and he comes in when he first is introduced, isn't he saving them there too? Like he's shooting from off the top oh, of the yeah. cliff or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just then like he comes he just... in and he saves Emmett again by, you know, and I don't know, Emmett probably should have been dead. I mean, he looked like he was trampled oh my gosh, in his yeah, head he, by the yeah. horse. <laughs> he tries to get up. But that's like the man's man of... <laughs> The man manness. I guess of, so. Like that. I don't want to kill you, and you don't want to be dead. Yeah, my manness <sighs> made my skull not compress and squish my yeah, brain. Yeah, yeah. Well, he just gets up, you know. He gets up because he's got a like. When he finds out the boy has been taken, that's when he yeah. like is resurrected. Yeah. Like, then the he's boy's like, not taken. dizzy anymore, and yeah. it's like, yeah, and he can ride I don't a horse. Know if it and, works that way, <laughs> and he can ride a horse and shoot from a horse with a major concussion. It's fine. Yeah, so. exactly. It's <laughs> awesome. All but right. yeah, I liked his character also. It was great. Yeah. Well, there's lots more to talk about, and it's a great show. Yeah, Tons take of story a look lines, at it. But, it's a uh, fun one. Our time is up. So thanks all. Oh, yeah. And if you want, we have a Facebook page you can check out, Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a mic. We usually post on there just updates. And you can ask questions too or leave Do comments it. about the episodes. Tell us what movies to watch. Yes. Adios, amigos. See ya.